When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same-day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll, I'll have, what um, do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Can have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 89 of the White Tail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me in the Rack Shack again, finally, Charles Hedlund. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. This feels amazing. Doesn't it feel good to be back in here? We're sitting at our new table. Yeah. It's not 100% done yet, but you know what? It's freaking here, man. It's a table, bud. It's a table, I mean, don't, bud. Don't lean on it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You made a promise, and I'll be honest, I didn't think you were going to fulfill the promise, but I gave you about a week. You gotta have faith, man. You gotta have faith. Mm-mm. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very happy. When I came down and I looked on your porch and I'm talking to you on the phone, I'm like, where the hell are you? I thought you were going to be in the basement. Yep. And you're like, I'm in the rag shack, dude. No. No. Yeah. I knew you wouldn't figure I was going to be in here. Unreal. Now now it's just about improving what we have here. This table is going to keep getting better. Yep. The walls, everything's getting done. I'm going to bring in a new chair for myself, which is going to make a lot of noise, kind of like the one you have right now. Yep. Yep. It's interesting. (laughs) When you guys hear that noise in this episode, that's Austin's chair. (laughs) We're figuring things out. The but. new and improved Rack Shack 2.0 is going to be it's going to be fun. We're going to work out some bugs first, and uh, you it know, feels good. It does feel good to be. It back feels in here. really good to be in here. I'm excited. The weather's perfect. Really what an is. what an opener! You know, the grand reopening of the Rack Shack couldn't have got much better than beautiful, this. Beautiful, beautiful. Three inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> no, man, it's like a balmy. Like it's like 70 degrees. It's perfect. It's really nice out yeah. right now, and. and just the the atmosphere is right. Yeah, it's all it's all Gucci right now. I love it. I like it too. I'm pumped. But let's get into this episode because it is a little bit of a longer episode. Before we get into all that, 
we got to spend some time to thank our sponsors and partners for sure. And I talked to Matt Futuray today. Ooh, how's my buddy Matt Futuray doing? Matt I love that guy. is in such high spirits. I mean, he's just VIP right now is just absolutely killing it. Over the next two years, you are going to see some of the greatest improvements and one of the biggest like blow ups the outdoor industry's ever seen. Ooh, yeah. that's insane, man. And that's pretty much all I got out of him. You know, Matt and Cindy he started telling me a little bit about, you know, um ATA show next year and what yeah. they got planned. I mean, they got a big booth plan. They have huge space already reserved. They're give they're going to be giving away huge prizes. Like they are going to be the talk of ATA. That's what I'm talking about. And then Cindy starts yelling at him, <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't spill the beans too much because they're really, you know, they're building it up, and and that's what they're going to be doing for the next X amount of months until ATA. There's going to be some big releases this year. Next year's going to be even better, I've been promised. Ooh, buddy, that's tough. So I told him that you and I are going to try to get our butts to ATA this year, just so you know. Okay. So I, can, that, I might have to pull some strings, but, you know. It's a project we're definitely going to have to work on to get press passes and whatnot. I'll do my best. I don't know when that baby's due. September. Plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of months, and uh, it's right before deer season, so we'll see what happens. I mean... Little babies are easy to take care of. Maybe I'll have more time than I think this this fall. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, ATA is what, January usually yeah, anyways? Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, there's not a lot going on in my world that time of year, to be honest. It's pretty slow. He would love to see our faces at ATA, and he's very excited about what's going on at VIP. Guys, check them out. Veteran Innovative Products, the Combat Veteran and the Veteran Broadheads. They have so much more there, too, on their website. you got to check them out best in the business that's what i'm talking about great a people yeah man and that leads right into scree gear man absolutely scree gear guys you know we've been preaching about the last like what forever two months at least (laughs) just go out and just 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 get one piece that's all i'm saying get one piece it's gonna change your mind if you are wearing cotton or polyester or anything like that right now you put on a piece of merino wool it's just gonna change your mind 100 percent. i feel really bad for your bank account but you know what? It's it's really affordable too. It you're gonna buy. Is. You're gonna end up like Chuck here. You're gonna end up buying every single piece that yep. they have. That's why I feel bad. But it's affordable, guys. It is the best in the business, in our opinion. Head over to Scree Gear. Use the code WDP20. Get twenty percent off your first purchase. I mean, do what I did. Right now, there is a clearance sale. They are trying to get rid of items. Sixty percent off, guys. Sixty percent off. You're never gonna see merino wool for forty dollars for a piece anywhere else on the internet right now. Go out there and like I just told a guy today, just go and buy the top and bottom one fifties and wear them forever. If you're wearing an under armor layer or something like that against your skin right now and you're going into the woods, wait until you put merino wool on. Yeah. Gonna change your life. But totally that's it. That's all we're going to preach about it today. And then we are going straight back on the water to New Canoe. And there is, there's an episode that relates perfectly with New Canoe. I mean, we're talking to Nick Chandler tonight. The guy just went out and from hearing us all talk about it, went out and bought a flint. Loves it. Absolutely loved that, it. Slayed. Won the tournament out of a flint by a landslide. So pretty much what that tells me is you buy a New Canoe and you catch bigger fish. You're just going to win tournaments, that's all. You're going to win tournaments. Yeah. Get on a new canoe, whether it's the Flint, the new Unlimited, 
the Frontiers, the original F10, F12. It doesn't matter. Just get your butt in a new canoe and guaranteed to catch bigger fish. Boom. That was sexy. That's it, man. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Now, I, I just teased it, but Nick Chandler's on with us tonight. And Nick was the winner of the Yakin for Bass Challenge. Yeah, man. And it was not even close. And he is heart of Florida outdoors. Yes, he is. He is in the centralish part of Florida, which is, we'll get into that. We're going to explain where the name comes from and how he came up with it. But Nick's a good dude. He is one of the most genuine, pure people out there. And it was a blast talking to him tonight. Yeah, man. And, you know, guys, last but not least, I'm going to ask for one more favor before we get into the episode. If you could do us a favor, head over to iTunes, wherever you're listening to your podcast, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, all those fun places. Give us a five-star review. That would be greatly appreciated. I know I appreciate it. And you know what? If you're feeling really froggy, I haven't said it in a while, send me an email. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, here's Nick Chandler. All right, guys, we are back with another exciting episode. We have a fun guest for you today, Florida boy, and he does not have a red beard for the first time. Well, I guess not the first time because we did have Chase on, huh? But this guy from Florida actually knows how to catch fish. Nick Chandler is on the line with us tonight from Heart of Florida Outdoors. He has been dubbed the Kingslayer, and we're going to get into why. But Nick, what's going on tonight, buddy? How are you? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing excellent, you guys. How are you guys doing? Not bad, man. Not bad. Just stoked that you're on, man. Uh, same here. I am I very much appreciate it for sure. We are riding a high. We are in the rack shack. We are back. It it feels good. And I'm I'm gonna pump up the volume just so we had a little connection issues, but um you know what? We're back and it feels dang good, man. It's a beautiful night here in Pennsylvania. What's the temperature down there for you? Hot as hell? <laughs> oh, very, very. It was up in the 90s today, and, and when that humidity slaps you in the face, uh, it's it's no better, for sure. It's a pretty it's, good it's, guess it's that it's just going to be hot whenever I talk Florida weather. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're praying for the wind to, to kind of kick up a little bit to, to dry you off a little bit. Other than that, yeah, it's just, ugh. Yeah, man. I mean, we're dealing with like three, four inches of snow here. And, you know. <laughs> no, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Oh man! Uh, what is what, what? What's the temperature? What'd you say it was up there right now? Um, that's a good question. It's but it's probably in the high seventies, low eighties. Yeah, I mean, eh, it, it did touch. Life. It touched the forties the other morning, though. We woke up; it was like oh. forty six. Yeah, it was morning. chilly. It was chilly. I wore a hoodie to work. It was it was wild. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, man, how about that? Nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a brisk sixty six degrees right now. So, oh yeah, yep. And it feels that's like a like, hundred. Uh, it feels like a hundred, and this rack shack it does. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a lot of man in here in a little space, but yeah. you know how it goes. All right, moving you right know. along. You are a new guest to the podcast, so with all new mm-hmm. guests, we want you to take a minute, kind of introduce yourself, and and just take it all the way back to when you introduced yourself into the outdoors. Uh, you know, talk about whatever you want to talk about, but just kind of let people know a little bit more about you. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, uh, my name is Nicholas Chandler or Nick Chandler for short. I grew up in central Florida, uh, born and raised in central Florida. Uh, I pretty much grew up around everything, hunting, fishing my entire life. Kind of got brought into it, you know, right out, right out from the start. Uh, when it comes to hunting, I, I kind of, kind of lean more towards uh, white tails, but you know, with this, uh, Yakking for bass challenges kind of got me a little bit more in tune with bass bass fishing here in the past couple of years. I mean, I, I mean, obviously being around 
what, what we grew up around had fished pretty much my entire life, but never competitive competitively like this. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I live in a little town in, in central Florida, like I said, uh, I work out of Orlando. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Orlando. I have a pretty simple job as just in construction in a restaurant company, but I have three kids, beautiful wife, decent sized family. They allow me to get outside and do what I love to do. So, you know, I, I'm happy for that. But anyway, yeah, I mean, that that's, you know, I'm just a, a normal redneck from Florida, pretty much. I like it, buddy. I like it. And, you know, you were out earlier, too. You got a couple new kayaks there, it looked like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, my boys showed a pretty good interest. They uh, were watching watching a few of those uh, decent-sized fish I caught this year. And uh, they, they said, you know, I, we, we want to get out there and fish, too. So we uh, found a good deal on a couple and might have a couple competitors next year. That's what the, I'm uh, talking about, stuff. dude. That's what oh, I'm yeah. talking about. I feel like oh, yeah, we're going to need a chuck roll 2.0. We don't need any more Chandlers out there on the water because if I lose to a little kid, that's a whole new level of embarrassment. Like, I can excuse <laughs> my way through losing to a couple guys that live down in Florida. Like, there's plenty of excuses there. I lose to a couple <laughs> kids living down in Florida, my ego will be forever ruined. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I know my oldest. He he's got he's got the drive. I see the competitive side in him too. So, you know, and and, and the way that this tournament falls, or the time that it falls in, he's out of school half of that tournament. So it's possible. Uh, I mean, he he he's he's pretty into it, man. He, he's seen uh he kind of followed along and and was uh, every time like, oh dad, dad what what you catch, what you score. So he seems like he's pretty into it. So you never know. We'll see. But oh, um, man, yeah, they well, enjoy it. Well, he's, enjoy it for he's, sure. he's got a hell of a mentor, buddy. I mean, what did you end up putting on the board? 115 and three-quarter inches? Yeah, yep. That is that a was, uh, uh, that's an impressive bag, dude. Oh, I appreciate it. It was it was it wasn't easy earned, that's for sure. And and honestly, if I really knew what I was doing, it should have been around 130. But you know, that's just what the good Lord gave me. So that's <laughs> what it ended up. <laughs> that is unreal. And, uh, you know, I had a little bit of a side bet kind of going, you know, I called you out and, mm-hmm. you know, I I was going to throw you a spanking, but, you know, you just, you, you happened to beat me by like 40 inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of smack talking going on it, and it kind of drove me a little bit, but I know last year um, I didn't really have much time to fit. I'm not trying to sound like a baby with excuses or anything you're but, not uh, man go ahead you're good uh, no <laughs> excuses are my thing back off <laughs> no but uh yeah i mean everybody kind of went off of what I, I i pulled in last year but honestly i think the first two and a half weeks i was stuck at work trying to reopen some of our uh, restaurants that got shut down for covid so i wasn't even anywhere around a pole or a kayak or anything so of course you know i didn't really take it a Real, real serious last year. Kind of went fishing with Chase and Adam a couple of times, but just kind of just enjoyed myself. And yeah, I don't even remember what it was like 79, 80 inches. So, of course, I get it. You know, you know oh, yeah, you know, who's this guy? He can't fish. You know, I think I heard that at least once. But uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, well, all right, you know. So, you got to prove yourself every once in a while. No, but, you um, definitely proved yourself. Yeah, um, I, that's I think for sure. it was more luck than anything, but you know, it, like you said, you know, we live, we live around a lot of good fishing areas, you know, a lot of good lakes and you put in your time and, and usually you're, you're going to catch a few good ones. Buddy, I and will take being lucky any day. 
You know, oh, there's I mean, that. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> I don't think I I'm think calling Chase... it luck. I, I'm pretty sure in your scenario, it's when, you know, hard work meets opportunity. You, right. That's where 115 inches come from. You can't luck into 115 inches, trust me. It, you just right. can't, you know, and you know that. Even if you're in Florida, I mean, look, Walt, I mean, look at Walt. Come on. Let's be honest, right? The guy can't even break 90 inches. And he's been trying, he's been doing this his whole life. Like, this is his thing. You know what I mean? You're I mean, the whitetail honey, guy. <laughs> his honey hole dried up into a fraction of the size of what it was and still couldn't did get you, it I mean, come Did on. you hear yeah. what, what, what Adam just, just said on, um, I think, what was it, on Friday? You didn't hear about that? I don't it know. was on the Marco group. They found oh. two bodies oh. in, oh, yeah. in that Sinkles. lake. When, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, they were probably both bodies due to that dang gator that tried to eat Walt that night. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's one thing I am just not about. You guys, here's what's going to happen. We've been throwing this idea around. You know, the yakking for Bass Challenge is something that, you know, as soon as it ended, I was on there like, how do we get this thing bigger? How yeah. do we make it bigger? It was me, you, Austin. We were putting in a ton of input. And here's the thing. I don't want to go to Lake Seminole because I don't want to see an alligator. Okay? I want to go to the shack. <laughs> I think what we do next year is we have a southern meetup and a northern meetup where me and Austin will go to the shack. Yeah. And then you guys will meet at Seminole. And then mm-hmm. maybe we'll just have two meetups. It, hey, it seems gonna... more reasonable to do it that way because For I don't sure. want gators. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I, I'm completely down with it either way, but I will say one thing. I grew up in Florida. I've skied down the St. John's as a kid growing up, and I'm talking St. John's is, is a river. I'm sure you all know about St. John's, or, or you, you might. I don't know. But uh, most people down here usually do. But um, it runs uh, up. It's the only river that actually runs north, and it uh, runs most of the state of Florida. But it's well known for huge alligators. We used to ski down it, kneeboard down it. You know, growing up as a kid, uh, we camped on lakes with alligators. They, you, the only time you ever hear about anything is either when you're asking for it or enjoying a nice much, evening at Disney. Yeah, yeah, where they're fed and they're used to you know humans giving them. I mean, other than that, man, it, it really is nothing to worry about. I, I guarantee you, the one that. Walter dealt with probably had some babies close by and was just kind of yeah kind of say hey 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 get over <laughs> get it go but I, I don't blame him I mean it's kind of a little freaky in a kayak but heck yeah all the stuff you see is just wrong place wrong time but they are not out to hurt anybody I mean we hunt them I'm, I think you guys do too as well or um well never mind yeah <laughs> no that's no. that I would love to <laughs> yeah I'm totally down I, I would mean, love I'm, to I just we don't we don't have them no. here man. <laughs> I, I just no, talked no, to a guy no, that went it. down and hunted them actually uh, last whenever, last season, and he had a blast with it. He shot it with his bow. Some kid I met, and I'm like, that's right. pretty cool. That'd be fun. It was the bow fishing I seen that you, that I think, Charles, I think you do some bow fishing. I do, indeed. Austin has before, too, and, and I'm still trying to convince him to come with us this year to do some bow fishing. Listen, I want, I absolutely want to this year. Last year, I had a brand new baby with some issues and stuff. It was just, it didn't work <laughs> out. It didn't work out. But this year, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's definitely some fun, too. We do, we get on some boat fishing down here. Yeah. It's usually this time of year as well. But uh, I don't know how I got that mixed up. But obviously, you, know, you don't have gators <laughs> up there. But uh, anyways. Uh... <laughs> well, it, it shouldn't be an issue next year because I'll have the new canoe rolling. I should be up out of the water, totally stable. I'm, I'm willing to take on a gator with a 
the unlimited any day of the week. That's why you need a pistol, man. You just you carry your oh, pistol yeah. and you feel got, you know hundred percent better. There. Yeah, I've got a you're couple. Good. Of you're good. We'll just have to drive down. That's all. Yeah. Hey, the first year that we had the Act for Bass Challenge, I was 100% yep. prepared to drive down to Seminole, and then I got laid off. Uh, Dude, it literally ruined my year. We missed that. Horrible. We missed a hell of a trip that year. Yeah, we did. We did. I rented a place and everything. Had to cancel everything. It was, it was just a nightmare. But I'm let's, sorry to hear about that, man. That, that's, that's oh, crazy. buddy, I got a new job and everything. We are all good now. <laughs> hey, hey, everything happens for a reason. Man. Yeah, man. Let's turn this frown upside down. Let's get into a little bit of hunting, man. Okay. You know, you mentioned that you hunt a little bit of gators. Let's get into a little gator hunting real quick. Let's just take a little sidebar, go into some gator hunting, and then, you know, I'm going to want to hear about your whitetail season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it started a couple years ago. I mean, gator hunting has turned into be a pretty big thing down here. It's it's rather expensive, but if you happen to know somebody or a few people that are willing to pay that little extra gator tag and, and, and you just happen to uh, have a boat and uh, are willing to take them. It's a lot cheaper that way. So we end up going on quite a few. It's actually pretty interesting. Your fear for alligators will definitely decrease quite a bit once you actually go out there and you're pursuing them. It's kind of like a deer. Like, I definitely respected them a lot differently once I started hunting them. That's what I'm kind of getting yeah, at. Yeah, uh, that makes people sense. People don't understand deer hunting and then, oh, you know, you guys kill deer or whatever, you know. And then once you actually get involved, then it's a lot different. That's that's us basically what i'm getting at but um it's definitely fun it's a whole nother challenge especially when you try to start targeting the older more mature you know gators and stuff like that that, that's been around for god knows how i mean i think we killed two ten and a half footers last year that i would say probably between 60 and 80 years old i didn't realize that it took that long for them to get that big but i know a couple of buddies of mine that's killed some 12, 12 and a half footers that said they were pushing 100 years old. That is insane, it just, man. It is. It is. But they are so bad around here. There are so many parts where just, just gators after gators after gators. And it becomes a problem, you know, just like deer are in some areas that they're not managed properly or they don't have the people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, you got you got you to control it. And it needs to be more down here as far as the gators go. But uh, so Nick, is that like a draw system? And then how many tags yeah. do you get technically? Yeah, how do you get into gator hunting? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's it's a it's a the lotto the Florida tag quota system that that just like with uh, anybody who's familiar with the deer hunting system, it's about the same thing. But I think it's around 250 bucks if you do get thrown for a tag, and then you got licensing and stuff on top of that. That's just for your permit. But Jeez. it is random draw and. um they only allow so many per county or per per lake or per uh, body of water. But usually we try to just shoot for, you know, the counties closest to us, obviously, because we have so much other stuff going that Because it usually falls like right on top of hunting season. Like it's, it, it, it goes all the way till like November. And our hunting season in our area starts like mid-September. So I usually try to get it done uh, as early as possible. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a draw system that you got to apply for ahead of time and uh, kind of know what you're doing as far as the areas that you want to go for and, and know where the good gator hunting is and all that. It takes a couple of years to get kind of in tune with, but it's not very complicated. I mean, there, there's, an, there's enough stuff out there that, that you can get well-educated enough to, to get on top of some gators. So wait, did you say there's like a county limit? Is that what I heard? County like, limit? Yeah, how, how does the limit go? Like how many can you kill? Well, the they when you actually draw a tag, I believe 
or permit, sorry, they, they usually have two tags in okay. that area. And like I said, I'm not a hunt. I, I only started a couple of years ago. So some of this stuff might not be a hundred percent that I say, but just from, because I usually just take people that draw them and, um, you draw the tag for your area and it's usually a couple, you usually get two gators per permit Okay. in that area. And it'll kind of give you jurisdiction on, on how far out you can go from there. And, and it kind of gives you a list of, of lakes for that County that that's legal. And if they're not listed or not, um, uh, marked out as if you can't get to them, it's usually private lakes that you have to have permission to go in stuff like that. But, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's, uh, it's 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 definitely it's definitely something to kind of kill a little bit of time before hunting season if 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 you if you have it anyway. Yeah, no, definitely, man. So I'm gonna put you a little bit on the spot. Can you take me through your I don't want to even say your favorite gator hunt, but take me through your most memorable gator hunt. Yeah, uh, not a problem at all. Uh, last year we we were on top of uh, one of the ten and a half footers that we actually ended up landing, and I actually was not there when we actually landed it, but we were. It was, we kind of got stuck on this whole nighttime deal where we, we were trying, we were trying to get them at night thinking gators were more out at night, blah, 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 blah. It, we just thought it would be a little easier. And, um, we actually spotted this one one morning across the lake, ended up pulling up into the bushes, calling it across the lake with a, like a gator call, like a, I guess it, it mimics like a baby gator. Okay. Whatnot. Just a gator sound, whatever. It just worked, but it ended up drawing them all the way across. We, uh, we got these uh, these big surf rods for like offshore fishing with heavy duty line, heavy duty hooks with a big chunk of just half rotten chicken, just soaked in like uh, just fish oils and stuff like that. Yeah. You cast it on out there, pull off or or cast it out there. Or or I mean, there, there's several different ways to try to snag them and whatnot. But we got this gator to come all the way across the lake, got him hooked, got on top of him. Even shot the, the the bow at him a couple of times where we got him actually up to the surface. The, those those jokers and I didn't realize it until that point that they actually have a bone scales on the back of their on their actual back. I mean I mean obviously I've seen them over the years, but I didn't realize how dense they were. It's actually scales of bone that's fairly thick, around a quarter inch thick or so on their actual back. So that arrow just deflected off like it wasn't nothing. That is just intense. Just like <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, when I seen hell. the arrow go, like it was like right in the neck, like on the top of the neck. Like I'm just like, oh yeah, he's got that, and it's just like, shoot, went the other way. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and uh, it was a couple of guys I had never been before, so he was kind of horsing the bait a little too much. And and he, down here in Florida, when when it comes to baiting, you can't put an actual hook in the bait. So you're you're there's a certain size peg that you have to use, a wooden peg that you wrap the bait around. So basically it just gets lodged in the throat, but you can horse it out if you horse the, the gator too much. So you kind of got to be careful. You got to know that, you know, you, you give or take type method as far as pulling them into the boat. If he starts pulling a little too much, you just let him go, tire him out. Just like, you know, when you're fishing. Yeah, just like a big fish. Yeah. Right, exactly. And this guy kind of got a little too excited, pulled it out of his throat. There goes the gator with a little cute scar on his neck and uh come the next day they actually went back out there wasn't able to and they ended up doing the same exact thing this gator came exactly straight across the lake exactly like he did the week or the day before and uh ended up ended up landing him that morning but it was that's probably about the most memorable night everything else has just been kind of like quick and easy you know eight nine footers you know and the good eating ones anyway but it's, it's definitely fun it's definitely a rush when you've got a big lizard 
on on a <laughs> on a line. <laughs> Honestly, it's nothing like a fish. A giant prehistoric lizard that's been around exactly. for sixty years. I mean, twice twice our age. It's been floating around out there, and dude, that gives me like a more of a respect for that animal too. Totally. You know, it's right. it's kind of like. I'll compare it to when you're walking through the woods and you see one of them giant oak trees that have been mm-hmm. there, I mean, for hundreds of years. Like, the thing's just giant. And you think about that right. and you compare it to an animal, it's like, that thing has lived through more than we could ever imagine, you know? Right. It it's blows my mind. I never really knew that about them. I mean, obviously, that they're, they've been around a long time. They're prehistoric. They're, they're freaking dinosaurs, man. But... Mm-hmm. their age structure that's wild i never um i guess they didn't talk about that on swamp people or maybe i just wasn't paying attention <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i caught that either don't worry yeah. <laughs> they just I always really said learn. they weighed about three times more than they probably did <laughs> yeah there's yeah, a 60 a pound chick on board pulling up a 900 pound gator apparently uh, consistently <laughs> yeah. with yeah, her- that was one thing that surprised me was was i i really thought that they would fight a lot like, I thought it would be a lot harder to fight against them than it was, but it just, I guess, you know, they're in water, so it ain't crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they don't, they don't have like, but if they do get a little bit of land to grip on, it's, it's a, it's a different story, but it's, it's, it's fun though. I mean, you, you kind of, some of the bigger ones, we, we, we try to wear them out first. We'll, we'll kind of, if they start pulling, we'll let go and we'll, we'll just kind of keep the line in your hand loose. And then once they stop on the bottom of the lake, you just kind of, slowly pull them up and you have a bang stick and anybody that doesn't know what that is it's basically a piece of conduit welded with a 44 which they sell several different calibers but we have a a 44 caliber bang stick that you just slide around into the bottom and it's got a little keeper pin so as soon as you pull that keeper pin that thing is locked and loaded and ready to go you don't want to bump it on it i mean basically you pull it when you're ready to jab them in the in the back of the head mm-hmm. and that's how you have to do it in florida you're not allowed to use guns like you see on swamp people <laughs> shooting them from a distance or anything like that you have to have a bang stick that you put to the back of his head that injects that shell that round into the uh, money shot if you you know get it and sometimes you don't and you have to you know, put a couple rounds in there. But anyways, that's, that's, that's basically the process. Getting them up to the boat long enough to where you can get that round in there. You know, it severs their, their, their nerves and everything and their, to their brain, to their spine, all that kind of stuff to where they, they're pretty much done for. Yeah. But that's intense, man. So that's absolutely yeah. intense. Which one fought harder, the 10 and a half foot gator or your 24 and three quarter inch bass? That's what I want to know. Ooh. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> uh yeah, it, it's on a it's on a whole different scale, but <laughs> I, I definitely definitely the gator took a lot longer. I mean that 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 twenty four and three quarter inch bass really didn't take too long to get to the boat. It was in the matter. It was under ten seconds before I had it in the boat. Oh yeah, no lie. Hooked in. It was, hooked in pretty close then. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't too far away. It was kind of one of those deals where I'm just working my way back to the boat, just cast, and it was it was about ten foot from the boat, you know working my way back to the truck rather but anyways uh, it was about 10 foot from the boat just reeling it in kind of nonchalantly like looking around and just whoop, you know there it goes <laughs> and uh with 50 pound braid heavy you know a heavy rod i just yeah i didn't hesitate to try to fight it i just you know, i seen i felt how big it was you know just kind of just force it onto the boat but uh it's definitely surprised at the power of fish that's the biggest fish i've ever caught it was powerful. I'm not gonna lie. It it it, it definitely uh, took 
took the rod tip down a few times more than expected. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I know the feeling. I mean, I catch, I consistently catch 12 inches around here. So, <laughs> you know, those things, I tell you what, they hit like 24 inches. You might not think oh, it, yeah. but they do. They do around here as well. I don't know how I mean, many 12-inch fish I caught this year in this tournament. It had to be three dozen. But I swear, every time I hooked into one, oh, good fish, good fish, and then I'd reel in like a, a ten and a half inch fish. And I'm like, and it's just covered in weeds, and I'm like, dude, you kidding me? It's it's oh, worse when you set the hook. You're like, good fish, good fish. You start reeling and it starts skipping across the water. That's the kind of fish I was catching. <laughs> I still do the same thing, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know how many of those those uh. 10 pound 12 inches i caught this year yeah man <laughs> 10 pound 12 inches i tell weird. you what the, the funniest and i'm not picking on them at all i think it's comical and it's hilarious it kind of helps a day go by but fishing with adam glass and i i swear i just need to dedicate a camera to point towards him every time we go fishing because when he gets <laughs> a fish on holy cow it's a, it's it's hysterical yeah i mean it's usually a good one you know a lot of times whenever he does it, freak out but <laughs> it's funny it's definitely it's definitely something to watch yeah sure. man i can only imagine i he's so <laughs> funny too man being in a marco polo group with all these guys is just absolutely hysterical learning everybody's personality mm -hmm. and just you know for the lack of a better term how they shit talk and just mm -hmm. I, I mean it, it it's really fun having kind of a close-knit group of people to fish a tournament with and really like I don't know. I, I feel like we get closer every time we, we have the tournament every year, even with Walt and just, just everybody. It's it's pretty wild. We meet new people every year, like really having you guys on as new creators. And it's it, mm -hmm. it's awesome, man. But this tournament's turned into a whole nother animal without even fishing, just as far as like the competitive nature goes. These Marco right. Polo groups turn it into a whole new beast and it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a blessing in disguise. I mean, it, it was, it, it's awesome being able to be a part of something like this. I mean, I just hope that it, you know, I'm sure it will, but I just hope it continues to grow and, and becomes a lot more, you know, a lot more participants in there. And I think it could be, really be something. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, you know, yeah. it, it's for a good cause. I mean, why not? You know, it's yeah, not man. very expensive to uh, join it. So, uh, no, yeah, I mean, before to the it. tournament, I never even fished out of a kayak before the tournament started. You know, I didn't Same. even own a kayak. I had to go buy Same. one and or I had to borrow one the first year, bought one the <laughs> second year. Ended up selling it and then had to borrow again this year because my the one I bought didn't come in in time. But, dude, it's mm -hmm. just been so much fun. I mean, with the group and everything, it's been a blast. But I, I don't want to miss on a point here for the fishing because I, I want to give you your moment to go ahead and talk your shit and and, and boast. But I want to ask about a certain lore because there was... um. A portion of the shit talking before the tournament started was definitely directed towards me. I mean, I came out of the gate hot. I was calling you guys out a lot, but you kind of brought it to the next level when you wrote Chuck Sucks on a um, hollow body frog. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> I remember talking to Walt and, you know, Walt said it would be funny if you lost your biggest fish on that lore. <laughs> and I just wanted to know how your success was on the year with that lore. What happened? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, definitely did. I, I, I'm not going to say it was the biggest fish because I didn't actually get it in the boat. But I did lose a dang good fish on that lure the <laughs> last day. And I and, <laughs> and like I said before, I only used I, I, I didn't want to use it because I felt like it was taboo. 
Like I did it as a joke, obviously, because of the, of the shit talking. Mm-hmm. And then I felt bad. And I'm like, you know, if I use this, I'm just going to, uh, you know, it's just it's just because of what I had to say. I'm, I'm just going to lose a fish. So I just kind of decided to leave it in the box. And uh, finally, I was like, you know what? You know, I'm already ahead. I'm just going to mess with them. I'm, I'm going to throw it on here. I know there's a good fish right here. I, you know, I, I had a couple blow ups the day before right there. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's probably still still in here. It's like post spawn right here, you know. And I threw it on there. I'm like, ah, yeah, I put on the Marco Polo. Look, I'm gonna catch this fish on your lure. Blah blah blah. And I end up hooking it and getting it halfway across the pads and losing it. <laughs> oh my goodness! It, it, it. So you won in that category, that's for sure, man. But you know, it 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 was back before it started. That was directed towards you. Only because of a little, it was, I know it was all for fun. You know, I can't remember what it was you said. <laughs> oh, listen, I talk so you... much shit. I don't know what I said. And that's the bad part. And, and I knew yeah. I was going to end up finishing last. I mean, it just, that was, was, was <laughs> destined to happen, but it, it's yeah. just my competitive funness that I love to do. I mean, I'm very sarcastic. I just love to right. talk shit and bring the best out of people and you know what i mean that kind of happened right i mean i kind of fueled your fire and and that part of me i smile when i when i think about that i i just smile i'm like good for him you know good for you because some people take that one of two ways they they're either going to get mad and they're going to try to go out and they're going to force and make mistakes or they're going to use it as fuel go out and pretty much probably almost lose their job uh Give up on family <laughs> activities. I mean, I, I know you didn't work the whole 30 days. Don't tell us you did, okay? Because you were on the water all the time. But, <laughs> but dude, it was it was awesome. Honest to God, it was awesome. But I do want to know, what was the moment? Can you remember the moment that, that really triggered you? To get out there and, uh, and, and whoop yeah. everybody's ass? Is yeah. That what you're, is yeah. It? <laughs> yep. What was the number one moment? No. Oh, man. You know, I... I I mean, before I say anything, it's obviously not in a negative way. It's obviously just like, you know what? I'm just <laughs> going to show these MFers, you know, uh-huh. they think I can't fish. and Or, or, or just the fact of, you know what? They want to talk that shit. You know, that maybe they can't talk it next year if I just show them. But whatever. <laughs> Anyways, it was all friendly. It was all friendly. Oh, 100%. Anyway. Um, uh, let me think here. It, it, it was so many of them, man. It, there, there's too many. I, I don't know what. It just kind of like accumulated, and, and 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 it was like, okay, okay, all right, oh oh oh, really? Okay, you know, it, <laughs> that low blow. It, there was a low blow somewhere along the line when Walt was trying to talk shit on me, and he accidentally used your name. Oh yeah, and I remember. I, I went on. I was like, yeah, we already all we all already know Nick can't fish. Like, why are you still making fun of him, Walt? Like, that's just wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was some. It was somewhere around the uh, along those lines. Uh, of uh, who's who, Nick? Uh, who's this Nick guy? Oh, he, he can't fish. Who the hell is he? Uh, what? Okay, uh, you know, it's like no, all it was right, so well, much fine. fun. It, it I gotta was have fun. some room to shit talk. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think now you've earned 150. I mean, honestly, that is incredible. Even for a month long tournament, I don't care. 115 inches. I mean, the previous winner was like uh, was last year. Adam's highest was like 108, 106. something like that. Yeah, it wasn't even yeah. close. I mean, you almost caught a, a a full length size of one of my fish more than him this year. You know that <laughs> than, than the previous record and. And in reality, if, if creators could win, I mean, you would have taken the whole pot. I mean, I, well, yeah, I think this is the first year 
where the creator actually won outright mm-hmm. first place. Biggest fish. And biggest fish. And biggest pot, man. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, there are some good fishermen in, in that group. But Oh, it, yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah. I mean, I was worried the entire time that, uh, and thankfully, thank, thanks to, uh, thanks to Chuck there that, uh, <laughs> you didn't have to worry about no, uh, what's it called the, the whole time sandbagging, sandbagging. You're welcome. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, you know, when you, when you're actually in the league, you're just, you know, if, if you had to worry about who might throw up like 20 more inches all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it, <laughs> it's happened before, man. Listen, last oh, year yeah. that, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself because I didn't. It was too much time between that moment and this tournament to fuel my fire because that lit me up. I mean, I was furious that night, especially when the first fish I caught was my personal best fish ever. Yeah, I, you know, first cast of the night. I'm not even three feet in the water yet. I just kicked off a shore, cast out a frog, and and land my biggest fish ever. All mm-hmm. jacked up, and then I lose like six consecutive hookups in a row, um, where I had them hooked, and they just come off halfway between yeah. me and me and the boat. Any one of them Dude. fish would have made me beat Walt last year, and I lost. <laughs> and then I just can totally conceded this year to him, and and I hope he's not listening to this because you know he's not that good. He's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he whooped me. He did. And, uh, you know, yeah. I'll pay my money, and it's going to go to the right place, and I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's man. just an awesome feeling. I mean, I, I know what you mean. I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun, dude. I can't wait till next year. Next year, with the new canoe, I, I mean, I'm going to be a thousand times more motivated to get out there. This oh, year yeah. just was not... And it... And it Shame on me. Okay, I I turkey hunt until the last day and of the season, mm-hmm. and up here it's pretty much May thirty first almost every year. Right. So I I got out a little bit fishing because it got hot, but then June hit and I was just done. I mean, I went hard all the way from Oklahoma in mid April, all the way through the last day of turkey season. Hunted mm-hmm. a lot, but then fishing came along and I was just like not into it. You know, the the kayak I was using was complete trash. Complete trash. I wanted to burn that thing. I wanted to send it off into the pond and light it on fire. You know, mm-hmm. Viking style. But I didn't. I kept my cool. <laughs> next year, I'm telling you right now, I'm aiming for top three next year in the creators. And I'm only saying that because Adam is moving to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like I can beat everyone but you and Chase. Listen, he might be in... You know, Wildlife Officer Academy by oh, then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might have to mm. make a few phone calls and see if we can get you, like, out of the state for a month. You know, right around, like, yeah. May 15th, June 15th, approximately. And then just keep you out. And then I'll, then I don't even have to beat Parker. So now I'm really looking good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it can go one or two ways. The way I see it is either I'm stuck in Academy, don't have the time to fish, or I'm out and I have all the hookups and connections of to where I'm actually able to go that people don't even know where they can go, where there's just giant bass. I don't yeah, think man. you need that. Can... The year after, the year after he's out of the academy, we're, we're screwed. We're so screwed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, let's, you just put up 115 you know, inches, you probably missed another 10 inches, you, would, uh, you, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and now you're talking about secret spots, like you need them. You don't need them, okay? <laughs> Leave them for somebody else. 
<laughs> I I just retire and just let my kids just just take over. Yeah, they're just gonna they're just gonna end us all, man. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Like I said, I got four kayaks now. If you guys ever want to come down during this tournament and, and fish, just you're more than welcome. If we can make it happen, we will. Yeah, for sure. For sure, uh, it's definitely, we'll definitely on our list. Yeah, yeah. Be now, a, uh, before we get too far down this this fishing rabbit hole, I was just gonna change. I, yeah, I want to leave some time because I, I want to talk about a couple things, and maybe leading into deer hunting, we can talk about heart of Florida outdoors. Because we we barely touched on that, but I want I want to give you a moment to kind of spotlight what you got going on over there, down there in Florida, and I want you to talk about a little bit kind of how you came up with the concept, the name, and the play on words and everything else. Okay, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know here lately um, things have been so busy; it's been hard to keep up. But uh, yeah, it, back when I first started the concept. Obviously, it was before we met Walt Chase. They they kind of st- they were kind of on the on the on the brinks of, of of starting their stuff. I was finding myself searching for Florida content, and um, you just didn't really come across it two, three, four, five years ago, however many years ago it was. But uh, the more stuff I came across between you guys, Parker, and all them, it just wasn't really concentrated on it. And now you got Hunt Fish Florida podcast and and all their stuff, and which is all great stuff. But like I said, when I focused that type and when I focused on trying to um, on trying to create content for people, it was kind of based on our area around here because, you know, you can look up stuff in Michigan, but it's not going to really help you a whole lot down here. I mean, I mean, maybe a little bit. But anyways, that was basically what, what my purpose was. But then as I kind of got in tune with cameras and, and making videos and stuff, more stuff kind of arose. So, you know, I just try not just post a little bit of everything, but. My intentions were to try to help people in our area get out there and 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 kind of know what they're doing or, or help know what they're doing or help them get out there. It just it's either whether it comes to fishing, hunting, or whatever. But that was my purpose to begin with. Plus, I have I have kids that I'm trying to get out there and do the same exact thing, and just want to motivate everybody. That that that's, that was the, the sole purpose. And uh, like I said, when I found myself trying to find stuff, I wanted to share that with everybody. Everything I learned to just keep, you know, keep the sport of, of hunting, fishing, and all that type of stuff going. You know, that's basically what we do all this for. I'm sure you guys can agree with that. But uh, that's basically where the heart of Florida came from. I had a few other names rolling around when I started it. Some of them kind of got taken and, and as I was, you know, looking up details in it and trying to come up with the actual channel, the YouTube channel. But it, it basically... When it comes to the heart of Florida, it's not more or less the central region, but just kind of like what, what what it's made of, like what what we live and breathe and what we think about every day. Just kind of like the, you know what I'm saying? It just mm-hmm. the, just the heart of it. So that, that's kind of where I came up with that. But other than that, it, it, that's basically what we uh, just try to promote and and, yeah. and and get people engaged in the outdoors. Yeah, and to be clear, it's spelled H A R T. Right. And there's a reason, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's when I came up with it, it, there's some family members of mine that, that are really close that, that that's actually their spelling of their last name. It's Hart, but it's H-A-R-T. So just to be a little different, I just kind of threw that in there. I like it, buddy. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of catchy. It, it's it's a little different. And uh, when you start thinking about it, it, it might make it a little bit easier to find. There wasn't too many. You know, when, you, when you look through Google searches, that, that was the main reason why I went with it was when you look in Google searches that, that 
it was uh there wasn't barely anything out there even close so it was right. a little easier to find no i come to think uh we kind of did this for the same reason you know when we right. first got into listening to podcasts there wasn't uh many pa podcasts that we listened to i mean there was basically Truth two from of the them, stand. Truth from the stand and east meets west yep and that was you know eastern and then more or less central pennsylvania so Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, Eastern Pennsylvania and Western Pennsylvania really, totally different. Yeah, they're really not relatable. Right. You, know, you know, we're more relatable to Eastern Ohio, you know, Southern New York, West Virginia, Virginia, that kind of area. Mm-hmm. But and that's kind of why we did it too. You know, same reasoning. We just kind of, well, that plus we'd love to hear ourselves talk. I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but awesome. but look at it. I mean, look what the this little thing has done is brought people from Florida into our friendship circle. Right. You know, just completely wild, right? Like this whole yakking for bass and getting to right. know you guys and Walt and Chase and Parker and Adam. I mean, it's just been it's been amazing. You know, it's been been really cool. Right, exactly. I mean, and if it wasn't for a little bit of interest into a little hunting, fishing, and, and, and wanting to share it with people who would have never, never even know you existed. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's man. It. That's awesome. Yeah. I enjoy it. And that, that's the main reason why, I mean, some stuff might look like you're bragging, but at the same time, it's, I mean, it, the more stuff you share, the more you might get somebody interested in uh, keeping this thing going, man. That's what it's about, buddy. Exactly. Now, I don't want to cut either one of you guys off, but mm-hmm. this is the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. This is not is the Yakking for Bass <laughs> Podcast. Oh. Okay, my bad. I want to get a little bit into some deer hunting. No, we just need a to. little bit, we man. We need to because let's not play this down. I know he's killed a deer or two. Nick kills some pretty nice Florida deer. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you kill some pretty nice Florida deer in your day, and I've heard you on other podcasts. You know what you're talking about. So, yeah, why don't we get into it? When Let's start from the beginning. When did you first start hunting deer in Florida? Uh, I grew up as a kid in the dog hunting woods and anybody around here knows what that is, but anybody who does not, it's basically you just go out and you hunt dogs. No, no, it's, it's, (laughs) that's usually the first impression, but it's, you use a pack of dogs that you train to to run the deer out of the woods where you can shoot them as they run across the, the openings or across the roads and stuff like that. But I grew up in that community. Obviously you're not able to go out and do it on your own at six, seven, you know, five years old or whatever, but I just kind of grew up around the whole, uh, the whole hunting aspect, dog hunting. And then we kind of slowly transitioned into still hunting probably around, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years old. We kind of transitioned into that mainly because of, of some issues with family and, and all kind of other stuff. And then plus we started seeing the, the quality of deer was a lot better and some of these other areas that we kind of discovered that were managed properly by the state that only allowed so many people in there, so many deer killed, and yada, yada, yada. That, that's kind of where we kind of led to, and we started killing a lot nicer deer and just put our heads you know, together and just kind of figured it out. Some of these areas that I've hunted probably since I was about 12 that I still hunt today that are really, really good. And, it's, and it almost kind of relates back to fishing. You, you spend the time... You use your head and and put two and two together. You know, it, it's it's it, it usually works out. How was your last season, buddy? It could have been a little better. I mean, it, it, honestly, it was one of the best seasons as far as to for me. Not as so much, but it, it 
my son killed my oldest son ended up landing his first year. So honestly, it was probably one of my best seasons ever. But as far as like my luck myself, it, it could have been a little bit better. But I mean, I honestly, my, my oldest son laid down his first buck and I couldn't have been any, any happier. I mean, being right there beside him to coach him through. It was, Heck it yeah. was, it was <laughs> that's a dang good experience. I know my youngest son killed one a couple of years ago and, and it was, it was right there at the same, you know, it's one thing when you kill one, but the experience that you have sitting right next to your, you know, your own blood and walking them through the process, like I think my heart was about to beat out of my chest. I, I had a camera <laughs> with me, but half of it, it, it nobody will ever know because like I, I don't even know what I don't even know where the camera was. I'm just sitting here, you know, all, you know, on the edge of the seat, just coaching them through it. But I did manage to get get it on film this year on, on the GoPro. I just kind of turn around, turn it on, just forgot about it. But yeah, that's awesome feeling. But I did my archery season started out okay. It was uh, trying to think back now. All the seasons are kind of blending together. Well, you're, you guys have such a long season. I mean, we're like <laughs> what are we six weeks up here? You guys are damn near half the year. Yeah, uh, in our <laughs> actual area, it's no, it's uh, it starts right here in our zone. It's like from September to I think January. But you know, you don't have to travel very far. You can go july to march just about so uh it's 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 a very extensive season and and the deer the rut is very very drawn out compared to a lot of a lot of uh, northern states for sure um even north florida it's it's a lot more condensed as far as the amount you know the timing of the rut there's only a few areas that i know it's very very predictable Mm -hmm. like there's so many even within one little management area, you can have one section that, that's going crazy, and then like a week later, the other section is going crazy. It's just we don't have anything forcing these deer to breed, so the does just kind of like run around until they get tired of bucks chasing them and just say, "Okay, all right, it's yours, fine, have it." They don't. <laughs> there's no strong winter, well, winter that that's like kind of forcing them to breed. There's no, no, no there's just nothing that, that that's just going to cause them to to, to pretty much make them breed so it's uh no that makes sense man i mean i feel like that's kind of like anywhere like up here we might have really? we're, we're in what you, we're in lawrence county so we might come uh-huh. in you know mid you know mid to late october where you know deer start really chasing and stuff like that and then you go one county north and it just it, it might be two weeks behind i mean it's it, it's completely different and then you go to chuck's camp and it might be a whole nother week past that behind it's it's so different no matter where you go, and Florida I'm sure is just exactly the same way. Yeah, oh, it's it's definitely very very different anywhere you go. I mean, across the street can be two months difference. Oh yeah, absolutely, Jeez. absolutely. I guess just the That's range right. of difference in yours is a lot wider. Like our gap of difference could be a week or two, where yours could be months uh, apart. And, and like yeah. you said, there's there's no winter. It's not like there's a set time in which they have to breed and cycle in and out because there's nothing that's going to force them to make sure that they're they're making it through the winter yeah, and they make know, it through the winter and yeah. that they're you know they their babies survive in the spring right exactly there's a, exactly i know in south florida a lot of their their issues are flooding so they some of there is i don't know if it's any different as far as the condensed rut but you would i mean i have heard on a, uh, i think uh, ryan carter talk about it a couple of times because i've never personally hunted down there but they have a flooding season, so they want to have their fawns early enough to where they're not, you know, babies trying to make it through flooding season. 
and stuff like that. But other than that, there's really no underlying condition that's going to force them to breed. So right. it's just very, very radically, you know, it, it, it's, it's so hard to, to guess. I mean, even, I mean, there's, there's a lot of places where I've kind of pinned down, okay, between this three week period, it's usually going to peak. I mean, and, and it could be on or off any year. You never know. It's, it's very un, unpredictable, but what I've mainly learned over the years to pin down is areas of high deer density areas of a lot of traversity a lot of a lot of food a lot of mass especially when it comes to archery season your food sources we don't in this particular area of florida we don't have a lot of crops we don't have a lot of it's basically all natural food sources so you you know i always just try to key on my first few hunts first month or so during archery is uh your best not just any food source but the best food source and you'll learn those with just boots on the ground just like fishing the more time you spend the more you learn the more you more you put in your head yeah no man i'm I'm right there with you buddy how many tags did you end up punching last year pretty sad i gotta think about it i think it was only two or three that's okay buddy <laughs> I, rem- I remember <laughs> you killed a doe and at least a buck for sure yeah i think i killed a muzzleloader doe i did shoot a decent like 80 90 inch buck with my rifle i did shoot a nice one with my bow a couple of deer with my bow, but it ended up, uh, you know, getting away. But um, yeah, I think for I think it was I think there was only two last year. wasn't the best year I ever had, but I, I mean I, I wasn't pressing my luck from the year that I had before that. Let's get into um, the year before that, man. If you're if you're prefacing it, you know, go back, go back, go back. Let's hear about this. Let's hear about this year before. Yeah, well, the I think it was 2019, 2019 to 2020. Yeah, I believe uh, was that was that would that be the right season? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Anyway, so either way, either way. Uh, no, I started out the archery season. I think it was the first weekend me and Adam had a hunt and uh, I shot one of the best deer that I've ever shot down here. Ended up walking away after having a arrow through its uh, shoulder. Not sure what happened there. Ended up five to 10 minutes later, another one come walking through, blew it right through the lungs. So that was two deer down. Obviously didn't recover the first one. It was probably 80, 90 inch buck. And I think the very next weekend ended up uh, shooting the biggest deer I've ever shot. It was a uh, hundred and fifteen and some change. Gross. And they get netted like a little over one ten. That's what I'm talking that about. One was actually the story I'm sure y'all heard before that, that got stolen. Well, I believe it got stolen anyways. I mean that everything kinda uh, have y'all ever heard any of those like, park on Parkers or, or Waltz or anything? This one is new to me. I gotta hear this one. I mean I have, but our audience is not, so it's a good story. I'd, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like you to tell it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'll be glad to tell it. It's a, uh, it's a deer that between me and my dad, we kind of tracked down in this area for several years. Um, and 115 inch deer might not sound like crazy to a lot of people in, in, that you guys, you know, have your your listeners, but down here, that's a dang good deer, and especially this area. Like in, in Chase's area, they tend to get a lot, you know, quite a bit bigger. But down here, 115 inches is is a very good buck. That is a it's, dandy uh, buck for down there, buddy. And listen, don't don't get misconstrued here. We are not shooting 180 inch deer up in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it, it, if we are absolutely shooting a giant, now Chuck's brother was on our last episode. And he shot a 163 inch buck. That is a Ooh. buck of a lifetime for Pennsylvania. That, that is like count. that one doesn't even count. Chuck here, his yeah. biggest I think is 145. Correct. And that mm. was a freaking giant dude 
Most of the bucks that we shoot around here, 115, 120 inches. Do not get it misconstrued that we're shooting 140s every year. Listen, a 115 would be the second biggest buck on my wall right now. 100%. How old is it? How old is a 115 inch deer usually? I mean, it could be a two and a half year year old deer in in the really, really, really good areas. But for the most Ooh. part, um, it's a three and a half or older. I mean, but yeah, I mean, we do live in like the trophy, trophy area of Pennsylvania. This whole western border where we're up against Ohio. Man, there are some big deer. I mean, even up north near my camp, there's some some decent deer up there too, but. Right. You know, we're in the trophy area, and I would say typically our two and a half year olds are little basket eight points that might go 70, 80 inches. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty typical. Um, there there might be a couple that go one, 115, but I think some of the that ones on my wall familiar. that are not even 115, you know, I got a couple up there that are probably just breaking 100 inches, 107 ish, 105, mm-hmm. something like that. Buddy, the last buck I shot was what, 97 inches, something like that? Um, yeah, you shot a 97-incher, that seven-point, the swamp buck, but the year before that, you shot that nice one. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and those were all I'm saying. They were not young deer, that's what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. They weren't young deer. They weren't young deer, no. All I'm saying, buddy, don't be ashamed what you shoot on here. We are not shooting giants every year by (laughs) any means. Everybody understands what Florida is, and, and I'll be honest, actually, everybody doesn't understand what Florida is, and I will guarantee you that most people, the majority have an understated mindset when they think of florida i mean they're thinking of like freaking fork and horns and and spikes mm-hmm. you know what i mean so a 115 in my mind in in anywhere that's not the midwest is a really good deer right oh it, it's it's once in a it's it's a lot of people won't even see nor less get a chance right. on something like that in their lifetime if they hunt their ass off like their whole life it it takes a lot, there's a lot of luck in there, and there's there's a lot of you know, a lot of scouting, a lot of putting two and two together. But um, yeah, this was obviously something that we we had I had only seen him a few times, and this dated back to like 2016, 2017, when he was only a two and a half year old. We got a camera a video on one of our cameras of him walking by during the rut with a limp, mm. like limping like crazy. I don't know if it was a uh, battle wound or, or got hit by a car. Or what, but he was just limping like crazy. We thought maybe he would die or whatever. And we just kinda he kinda he kinda earned the name Gimpy. So uh <laughs> we kinda watched him and, and I think I seen him the next summer. And the only reason why we knew who it was was because when he'd run off he'd have a little gimp to his step. There's several years I think it was two two or three seasons went by. It was at least yeah, two, sorry. It was two seasons went by and uh I kinda followed the track that I kind of assumed would be his when i'd see it cross in certain areas i would set up on certain crossings around uh during archery around some food sources that i would always see some deer in and i just kind of focused on the doe groups i knew that they were going to be coming into uh heat before too long so that you know those bucks are not going to be too far behind especially the mature ones are going to be paying attention to those does they know what the smell you know they they know when they're going to be coming into heat for too long, and if you know when that doe group in that area will be coming into heat, you'll know when to key on those certain areas. It, it's more or less a, a field type thing, and uh, I just set up in the right place, right time. Caught him coming in right after the doe that morning, coming in from uh, their their uh, nighttime feeding area, moving on in to uh, pass a persimmon tree that I knew was very hot. For one, his tracks were 
or what I think was his tracks were passing through there very frequently on top of a bunch of other deer. So I sat up there and uh, waited it out, passed up on several good deer. And uh, sure enough, he, uh, he came through. It was a little bit of a rush as far as the shot goes. He just was walking in the wrong angle I didn't want to take. And when he finally did turn, he kind of was in the open. So a, a deer that old, that mature, they're not going to walk in the open very slowly, just very, you know, he, he, he wasn't taking his time. So I kind of had to rush into it and bumped a little too soon. And he was a little too far back, but it was still a kill shot. It was, oh, a, yeah. it was, it was a back kidney kind of in the guts, but we all know, I mean, they're going to die eventually. Even if you do have a pass through through the guts, it, that deer is not going to, not going to survive it. Unfortunately, you know, like, we don't want that to happen, but, so in my head, I went and played this back on my computer, and, and, and I uh, kind of came up to me to give it two, three, four hours. Went back, kind of followed a blood trail in there. Sure enough, I stumbled about 30, eh, maybe about 50, 60 yards into the oak hammock, stumbled across some uh, soybeans on the ground. Ooh. And uh, so I'm just kind of feeling a little awkward at that point. I wasn't sure if, uh, <laughs> if I needed to leave or what. I wasn't sure what I walked into. <laughs> and I look up, and they're about 20 yards away. There's a ladder stand. This is on public land, which is, I don't know how the walls are there, but it's highly illegal to bait deer, especially on public land. We don't have highly any illegal. baiting here whatsoever. Yeah. Zero. Okay. Uh, you can on, on private, but on public is very, especially a management area. I mean, it's just, I mean, obviously it's illegal no matter what, as long as it's not private. But anyways. I'm sitting here feeling like I'm I'm in the middle of a of like a a, a drug field or something. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like I need to get out of here before I get accused of this crap. <laughs> so I obviously it was within 60 yards of where I was hunting, not knowing who it was. I just you know I I, I took a pen and and then uh, I think it was not longer after that. I got a call saying that there was a nice buck checked in the check station and they seen it riding out from that area. I was like, ah, really? You know what's the you know what what what's uh what's the chances of that happening? <laughs> yeah, honestly. So yeah, and I never I never did uh continue the blood trail just because of the uh just the amount of blood I was finding. I was going to give it some more time, but I was like, you know what, we're going to ride up there and we're going to see. Went up there, sure enough, that deer on on they had take they take pictures of everyone that comes to the check station. It was and, that uh, It was the one. I was like, oh, come what happened, on, you know? man. What happened to this thing? I'm like, what in the world? I know I got a decent shot. It was it was a little far back, but you know, what happened? How did this? You know, how, and I'm like, what in the world happened? So I, in my head, I had to know what happened. I wanted to go back and and you know pull out some CSI and, and investigate. You know, what 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 happened? Did he come by here? Did he get shot again? Whatever, you know. Right. But well, while I was at the check station, they're like, well, what's wrong, Nick? Because I know these guys very well, and they're like, uh. You know what? What what's what's going on? I was like, I shot that deer. They're like, Oh, uh, that explains the other hole in the deer. They didn't want to talk about it. I was like, What? And it was just very very fishy. I was like, oh, All right. And that was just more, you know, it was just more intentions for me to go back and try to figure out what happened. So I did. I went back and I found the bait. I think I might have told that a little backwards, but I found the bait after that. Anyways, found the bait, turned it into FWC. FWC came out. They checked it. They they identified certain things i found some found out who it was myself got some screenshots and of course they denied it <laughs> and uh once we, we we had the fwc come out there and confront them i guess they kind of 
caught on beforehand, but one of them ended up admitting to it, hunting over the bait in one of the stands, but of course the one that ended up with the deer did not. Oh, of course not. Why not? It, of course, yeah, but it, it's, <laughs> it sucks. His, his buddy got all the citations and he didn't get anything, you know, and uh, their story, just nothing added up. And from what I can figure from the blood trail that I, I trailed past the one guy, um, I kind of figured that they watched him go off and die somewhere and or just seen the way he went, found him dead or whatever, you know, and they didn't see nobody come to get it. And I mean, where I stopped blood trailing, the guy was in his tree stand at the time. So he had to have seen me and see me turn around and go the other way while I was waiting, you know, definitely. He's probably just like, oh, yeah, this guy's a, oh, it's a huge buck. I'm not letting this. Yeah, you know, we're going to go get this son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I could be completely wrong, but that's just my my uh, my take on it. But, you know, it sucks. But, you know, that's when I stepped up last year. I went to some heavier arrows. I just was trying to, you know, do my part on uh, after those two or three mishaps that one season. You know, I just wanted to uh, do my part in, in uh and it kind of let me do some complications this past season. Missed uh, another nice buck. And uh, do you think it's because it was like the slower velocity that hurt you? Yes. Yeah. It has <laughs> a lot. You have a lot more of a drop, and yep. these deer have way more time to react. Not. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna downplay it. Once it hits where it's going, it's it's going through it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> by the time it gets there, these it's, deer yeah, it's so getting much. it there. See, I have a video from a couple of seasons ago before I switched to this heavy air, uh, arrow build of a deer that I shot at 20 yards, 20, 25 yards. He dropped over 10 inches, and that's with a fast setup. Wow. He dropped over 10 inches, and you can see it in the video, and it hit him like in the, you know no man's land. It didn't kill him. Like he, he, he fell to the ground like he was spine shot, spun around, and ended up crawling off and getting up and walking away. And that obviously they can move quick is what I'm getting at. And then if you slow it down too much, they just have way too much room. They could spin around completely before that area. Once they hear that noise, they spin around completely before that area and it gets to them and you don't know where it's going to hit. So I kind of, I went to a little bit different setup, about a hundred grains lighter. I'm a lot happier with, we'll see how it goes this year, but uh, it, it could be interesting. I can dig that, man. I can dig that. Yeah, with me, it was always about finding that sweet spot. And last year, right. I kind of started to do that arrow build. And, I, you know, everyone that you that you shouldn't listen to, but a lot of people you see post, it's always like, oh, if you're not 500 grand, so what's the point? You know, <laughs> that's <you're>, not. <laughs> it's not even a heavy arrow yet. And I'm thinking, you know what, man, I, I've been shooting and killing deer for a long time, and I'll bet you my arrow didn't even touch... 400 no you know? way and no way. i finally just put it all in i i had my bow specs and everything and started doing the math and running where i wasn't going to lose too much velocity but i was going to gain the most in penetration and somewhere in that middle ground i ended at like 430 grains that that's that's where i was at 430 grams and that's that's a good you know that's, that's good my good weight. comfort zone i'm good with that you know i'm still shooting mm-hmm. good velocity my arrow's not dropping a whole ton, and I, I took those out to tack, and I was making shots at 100 yards and hitting the target with them, you know, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Good FOC, and, I, and I'm happy. It doesn't have to be 620 grams. I mean, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, straight spears. Right, right. I, I mean, uh, I agree. I mean, I was shooting a lot light, like, way too light to, to begin with. 
Agreed. Same. So I do agree. You want some weight there. And yep. you want some you definitely want a certain amount of FOC. It's mm-hmm. gonna help. But mm-hmm. it, dumping that much into it for especially for down here, it, it, it you're losing a lot of for lack of better words, your trajectory. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's gonna drop so much more, it's not really worth it. These deer down here are like uh, I don't even I don't even know. They're just they're quick. They're, they're like switched on, man. Yeah, they're cagey. Oh. Very cagey animals. Very, and, and and I've heard that a lot. I mean, it, I don't know how they are around there. Oh, it's but, the same. I mean, they look up a you, lot. Is you, it? <laughs> you, you get on public land, they are the same. Yeah. I mean, they will yeah. turn on you. They'll. I've had. I mean, I've had all kinds of stuff happen. It's it's incredible what they can do in a matter of milliseconds from oh, the yeah. time your arrow gets from your bow to them, how much they can move and how much it can impact where you hit. But, you right. know, another thing to think about is, too, like you're saying, the trajectory and your drop, you know, I'm comfortable shooting my bow out to 40 yards. I have a 40-yard pin. I'm perfectly comfortable shooting out to that. I get up mm-hmm. in the tree stand, and typically there's not a ton of lanes out to 40, but when there are... It's not like it's wide open. You know, there's right. stuff above you. So if you got a big, loopy, droppy, six-foot drop in your arrow, not exaggerating, of course, but there's a lot more room for play that you're going to hit something. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that plays into ethics on your shot as well. So it just changes. Mm-hmm. It's just different. It's different. It works for some people. I'm not bashing it. If, if a 600-gram arrow is what you want to use, by all means, shoot it. If it works for you, I'm happy. Um, you know, but at the same sense too, it's not that hard really to up your arrow with, um, you know, a little bit of front weight and, and Mm -hmm. maybe a little stiffer shaft. And we were just talking to my brother last episode and he was talking, he wasn't having a lot of, um, faith in his penetration and he was kind of, you know, him hawing about his broadhead. And I, I messaged him afterwards. I said, well, let's start with your arrow. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll start with your arrow and then we'll work on the broadhead part. Well, we already have the broadhead part solved, but. We'll get you an arrow that's that's worthy of shooting out of his bow, right? So yeah, uh-huh. definitely somewhere in the middle, I believe. I mean, I agree completely. Yep. Somewhere in the middle, you don't want to go. Obviously, the, the, you don't want to go too far either way. But I'm a little bit more of a firm believer in the in the uh, fixed blade. Now, I was shooting nothing but mechanicals, and it's and and I was 100 percent. Anybody say anything about a fixed blade, I'd say, yeah, whatever, just forget about it. But yeah, I had too many problems in one short year span that i just didn't i mean obviously you can get around that obviously people don't ever have problems for the longest time but then all of a sudden i started having these issues multiple in one year and i just didn't and and, and it might have just been something else that caused these issues but i just don't want to see that happen again that deer Mm -hmm. to get off and live with that broadhead stuck in his back just kind of ate at me you know i just i hate it and 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 then there was, I think, two more. Actually, there was three deer I lost for penetration issues that one year. That's a bummer. Three buddy. of them. So I was, and it was using uh, lighter weight arrows, lighter spline. I think I was using like 350, 300. It would have been higher. Um, it would have probably either been 400 or 350. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, they were, they were, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I was going to say, 300 is pretty stiff. <laughs> too much fishing, man. Too much fishing. <laughs> too much fishing. We have been out of deer season for too long. I'll agree with you it there. It says $1.298 rods, man. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm just completely the numbers are backwards but yeah you, you get what i'm saying but yep. yeah it was like four four fifty something it was way out of whack for what i was shooting for the poundage and everything but yeah definitely but i agree somewhere in the middle would you know don't go completely ranch ferry but don't don't ignore me there there's some science behind there if you're shooting caribou or rhinos that's definitely something you want to <laughs> 
<laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm right there with you, brother. Florida chihuahuas are not very hard to kill. <laughs> well, we are but, getting uh, there a little bit closer on time, buddy. I want you okay. to think back in your memory bank. Think way back in there. I want you to go with okay. your most memorable deer story of all time, whether it was your first deer, whether it was your son's first buck, whichever. I want you to reach back in your brain, pull that out, and give us all the deets. You know, I, I probably would say it's my son's. Yeah. My, uh, my oldest son's first one because it was such a struggle for him. He uh, suffers from a lot of the same things that I did at his age, the ability to, to really sit, sit there and stay awake more than anything. But, um, I mean, I, that was one of my horrible, horrible, my, my, my most worst problems was being able to literally keep my eyes open in the deer stand. I mean, I, my dad would halfway drag me out there, but kind of, I was kind of willing, but he just, I have pictures of him that I posted this past year trying to keep him awake. He was just, just <laughs> nodding off the entire time. And I get it, you know, you're a teenager. And a few year, a couple of years ago, I got him on his first deer with his bow. He shot it. And the same thing. It was a mechanical. It bounced off the deer. It hit the rib cage just the right way. The blades opened up, smacked the ribs, and bounced back off. Oh, it man. Was, I felt bad. You know, he was sitting there next to me. He tried hard, tried hard. And there were several other situations where it just didn't work out for him. Several years go around, we were practicing with the bow. And, and finally, we just said, you know, we're just going to try to get your first one with, 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 your, with your rifle this past year. And uh, we kind of scouted out some spots, and me and him went out and set up a uh, set up a uh, double man ladder stand. I know it's not a saddle, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sponsored with, by uh, Tethered yet, so it doesn't really matter. Hey, I'm we not. still hunt out a ladder stand too, buddy. Don't be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're yeah, you're exactly. a DIY saddle guy, anyways. You should be having yeah. your own, you, the Nick Chandler brand. You can call uh, him the King Slayer, and we'll take part of the profits. How about that? There you go. <laughs> right. It's a deal. Uh, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we had it set up and it, it, he's just, he's just like, dad, I don't think I'm going to hunt this year. And it was just one of those deals where I said to really push him and really push him. And we got it set up and it, this was a management area hunt. So it was only like a couple of days that we had to get it done. And we sat there actually, I'm sorry, three days, all three days. And he had some does off at a distance. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get him a little closer. And then. This stuff kind of, it was just one of those deals where something just kind of messed something up every single time. And then finally on the last day, he, uh, he was nodding off and, and this nice little buck come cruising across the field at a distance, but he started taking off and I woke him up and he, he started getting a little fired up. And then finally the deer, I ended up calling the deer across like 400 yards away, calling him with, I broke out the grunt call and he disappeared for a while. And next thing you know, here he comes, nose up in the air, like, okay, all right, well, where's this, where's this uh, deer at? You know, where's this doe at or whatever he was looking for. But he's definitely coming straight. But for him to see, he's looking at me like, that actually works. Like, uh, you're talking to this thing right now. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm thinking on this end. I'm like, wait, it, grunting a deer works in Florida? That's that's something new. Oh, gosh, man. I've <laughs> called so many deer in. It's not even, that's uh, such a wise, and I believed it too. Like, growing up, I'm just like, I, I, I didn't even bring a grunt call. It's like, everybody's like, oh, that don't work. You know, there's just the fact this is just <laughs> not grunting yeah. a deer here. <laughs> Right, it's not going to work when there's only like one per square mile. So of course it's not going to work. Yeah, but. he's like, uh, I know I'm the only buck in this entire county, so there's not another one over there grunting at me right now. <laughs> Especially when people don't know what 
I'm not taking anything away from anybody, but the biggest thing was was learning the correct way to grunt for Florida. You you, you break out your your big you know grunt tube from from somebody in Illinois, and you're you're, you're hawking out a big deep grunt. These bucks around here are like, yeah, we know that ain't somebody from around. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you learn to stick with those young buck and doe grunts. They usually come every time. <laughs> um, but anyways, we, we we pulled we pulled this. I know you guys are running sh- short on time, but oh, we, pulled, good, we pulled them across the field, and this deer comes running in. I get the camera set up. I mean, I got all this recorded. I just haven't had the time to make a video on it. But we we, we got I got the camera behind us set up where it's kind of catching our view, and then I got my my uh, regular uh, camera that I usually haven't mounted to the tree. But you know, I'm I'm in a double man ladder stand, so I'm kind of like hand hand holding it. So I had just enough time to flip it on, hit record, zoom in. As this deer stops in the opening, I was like, you know, you know, you know, he's like, hey, do, do I do I take him? And then about that time he uh laid into him with a little 243 just folded him up he might have ran maybe 40 yards he just rolled up in the field there and just to see him turn around looking just like uh did, did i do it <laughs> uh, that right there just topped everything i've ever done you know it like ever it was just awesome i mean the biggest deer I ever killed in my life would never top you know the feeling of, of your own blood sitting there taking something like that just looking at you uh, you know it's awesome. It's a good feeling. That's awesome, buddy. I I I got a long way to go before that happens, but I can <laughs> I can only imagine, man. Oh, it's a good feeling for sure. That's killer, dude. <laughs> Absolutely killer. Great story to you, man. Well, Nick, Appreciate this it. is uh this is your time to shine, brother. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and where they can find Heart of Florida Outdoors? Well, on YouTube, it's Heart of Florida Outdoors. Like you said earlier, it's it's H A R T Heart of Florida Outdoors on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, that's pretty much it for right now. But I appreciate I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Let me ramble and uh, brag a little bit. Um, it was well-deserved, my friend. Well-deserved. <laughs> no, we I appreciate you it. taking time out of your out of your night to come on, buddy. You know, you're no welcome problem. back anytime you want, man. Absolutely. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Well, good Looking luck this season. I, I hope you kill Slammer, your personal best, but... Better than that, I hope your boy gets another one. I hope he gets a nice buck. So, I think that would be see, cool. Now, now you're trying to get me to get out there, and uh, I mean it's already ten pounds ain't good enough. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. And same to you guys. You know, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Walk the dogs, school drop off, meetings from ten to three, take kids to soccer. Then, no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com.